Blog Talk Radio. I have an emergency. What is your location? Indeed, there's a war for our souls. Hi, I'm Margie Cole, and welcome to Rescue Radio. You know, the emergencies that we face all around us are usually pretty apparent, pretty obvious. There are sirens going off, and there are flares, and there are signs, and yellow tape, and all kinds of things. But a lot of times in our health, the signs are silent and go unnoticed until we're in crisis mode, and sometimes there's no turning back. So as we talk tonight about Living Healthy God's Way, we're going to pray, and then I'm going to introduce you to um, our special guest tonight. So, Father, we thank you that there is a war going on for our souls, and part of that war is for our physical bodies, which are your temples. And the battle is furious, Lord, and as we can see the plot, which is insidious, which seems to be um, unapparent to so many people, they're caught in traps and snares. And, Father, I pray tonight that this would help people, that you give them eyes to see the urgency, the importance of their health, their eating, and what they choose to put in their bodies and how they choose to live and take care of these precious bodies that you've given us. You give us ears to hear it and a heart to understand it, to take it seriously, Lord God, because nobody can make those choices for us, what we're going to eat and how we're going to live, Father. So I pray that you'd give us grace and strength. I pray that you would give us specific information and revelation for our, for our specific individual lives. And I thank you for your blood that is bought and paid for our salvation. I thank you again for the divine protection um, of, your, of your power over these airways, over this broadcast, that no weapon formed against us will prosper. Father God, that your will and your, your way would be done and accomplished tonight, and that we would speak, Karen and I, as the oracles of God. So thank you for tuning in uh, to us, Lord God, helping us, and for the others who are you're bringing into this broadcast to join us, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, tonight I want to introduce you to my friend Karen. Karen, um, Karen Steen Finch, she's been around for a long time in the area of nutrition. Uh, her specialty is herbs, and I'm going to have you tell us a little bit about your background in terms of your credentials and whatnot, why we should listen to you, and then uh, we'll go from there. Thank you, Margie. It's great to be with all of you tonight. I began in this field when I was nine years old because of my parents deciding that we were going to eat organically, and my mom and I began raising herbs. And from there, I just had such an interest of health and helping people, the reward of helping others to feel better. So I went on to begin to study. And I did study for my certified natural health professional, which is one certification. And the other is a certified nutritional consultant and also an herbalist, which I'm studying for my master herbalist because of all the Health alternatives, herbs are my passion. Well, speaking of herbs, you know, God is pretty into herbs himself because the very first commandment God gave man and woman, Adam and Eve, was what to eat. And he said, you shall eat. Uh, Let me read it for you here. It's right in Genesis, if you want to look it up. Chapter 1, verse 29. And God said, see, I have given you every herb that yields seed, which is on the face of all the earth, and every tree whose fruit 
yield seed. To you it shall be for food. So notice the very first commandment that God gave Adam and Eve was to what to eat, the, the fruit, the seeds, the herbs. And so I think you're, you're just right in line with what God has in mind here with herbs. And, and so give us a couple of more scriptures or some more spiritual reasons. I think we want to set that foundation first of why we should do it God's way, eating healthy, uh, obeying God, and, and, and give us some more ideas. All right, Margie, I think one of the first verses is actually from the New Testament, and it's Luke five seventeen, And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. And then I love to go to Jeremiah, Jeremiah thirty seventeen, For I will restore health unto thee, and I will heal thee of thy wounds, saith the Lord. So that can be the wounds physically, that can be the wounds emotionally, mentally. God really does want the best for us. He has a promise promise for us uh, in Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the thoughts I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an unexpected in. So God does want to restore health to us. He wants us well. He wants us, not that he can't work through our sickness. He's that great. He can. But God wants us healthy. He made us for health and for wellness. It's because of man and because of our greed that many of us are sick. Well, you know that verse you referred to in Jeremiah chapter 30, just previous to that where he wants to heal us, he, he, the Lord God is telling us basically why we're sick. Um, verse 12, he says, For thus says the Lord, your affliction is incurable, your wound is severe. There are, there are no one, there's no one to please your, plead your cause that you may be bound up. You have no healing medicines. All of your lovers have forgotten you. They do not seek you. For I have wounded you with the wounds of an enemy. In other words, God is acting like an enemy to us and he doesn't want to. He says, with the chastisement of a cruel one. For the multitude of your iniquities, because your sins have increased, you do cry aloud. Well, why do you cry aloud about your afflictions? Your sorrow is incurable because of the multitude of your iniquities, because your sins have increased. I have done these things to you. I, I really believe this is a basic foundation for the sicknesses, the spiritual foundation for the sicknesses, is that we have turned away from the one true God and served and worshipped idols. And, of course, that is, that's, if you want to get the beginning of healing, you have to go to the root of the problem. And, you know, when God is having to deal with us as when we chasten a child, it is for our good that we can turn back to health and recovery and healing. So the foundation for healing, before you can apply the herbs, the vitamins, the medicines, the organic food, the da-da-da-da-da, I really believe we need to go back to um, confessing our sin of rebellion and idolatry. And actually, you know, in the, the premise of the book I wrote, Cravings, that's the very first thing I said. That it's the rebellion and disobedience and not making food a very spiritual issue. We've made food just a, a trite, I can do what I want to do. Nobody should tell me what to eat. Don't mess with my food. And yet God has told us very specifically that there's, there's a blessing in obedience, and this is a place we need to begin to obey. So um, go for uh, Can you tell us a little bit more about um, any other ideas uh, in terms of scriptures? I, I'm thinking of Daniel. You know, when Daniel was taken um, as a young man, 17-ish, to the, into the, the city of Babylon where they had all kinds of bad foods, you know, junk food, I'm sure, and dainties. <laughs> he said there's, there's deception in dainties in uh, Proverbs, I think it's 23 or something. Um, that's probably the sugar, right? <laughs> but anyway, Daniel refused to eat the king's food, and he and his brothers or his uh, his um, fellow cap uh, 
the captives. They they said we want to eat um, God's food, and they in ten days they were smarter, healthier than all the people who had been feeding off the king's food. Now, what do you make of that? Well, first of all, I think because it was uh, the meat that was offered to idols, and then also because of the probably the delicious desserts and the delicacies that actually they're very deceptive foods because they are sweet to taste but they're very void in actual nutrients. And so when Daniel and his um, fellow men decided to obey God and they ate the greens and they ate the herbs and they ate the vegetables, God blessed that and they became strong, as you say, and probably very quick of mind. And the same thing holds true today. Even though we don't live under the law, the guidelines that were given throughout Scripture are very beneficial for our own life and our health. So we can choose to follow them or not. However, God knows, just like he gives us a day of rest, Margie, it's because he knows best. God knows best. And sometimes we think we're smarter or we can outsmart God, and especially with our science and technology these days, but that is proving so untrue in America because we are about number 52 in the World Health Index. And that is... Does that mean we're flunking? (laughs) With all of our technology, we are sicker than many third world countries. And that is very scary. And I I think their teeth are better than ours and a lot of things. And we... uh, But anyway, I got to just quote that verse again in, in Proverbs 23. It's verse 3. Do not desire his delicacies for they are deceptive food. Um, going back to the deception of things that taste good, I think that's one of the enemy's first uh, ways of deception is his, you know, that's his deal. And so if he can make things appear, uh, uh, what, uh, what do you, uh, appear what? Attractive. There you go. That's the word I'm looking for. Tempting. Oh, luscious. <laughs> Addictive. <laughs> oh, yes. Sweet. Um, and, and, you know, the, the thing is a lot of the food the devil gives us to eat does give us that little burst of energy or satisfaction or fullness or comfort or whatever you want to say. Just a temporary little hook to get us to continue to eat on, eat in it. And then it steals your joy and your energy. Right. And speaking of energy, let's go there for a second because I think one of the first signs of a people who are depleted of peace and love and life is lack of energy. And you kind of maybe mentioned that already, but um, that energy can be... Um, have to do with our minds, our, the sharpness of our minds, our thinking, our ability to discern things for ourselves. Um, and then people just getting up and going to work in the morning. What do they do usually? I mean, to get their energy up, what do people do? Most people drink coffee, especially as adults. I often wonder, what do people do? And then when I see how the normal American eats and lives and that they're living on aspirin and painkillers, but they're so tired in the morning that they can't hardly pull themselves out of bed and they're just like they have to have that coffee pre-made. They're using caffeine and stimulants to uh, overstimulate out an already tired, exhausted body and mind. Well, actually, those stimulants are like they're uh, manipulating their body into believing it's it's got energy and it can, it's got life and vitality, but it's really a manipulation. It's really a, you're kind of tricking your body into doing what it's already, you know, t- the body is, does, I always say this, the body does not lie. The body will not lie to you. I mean, you can ignore what it's saying for a while, 
but the body doesn't line. If the body can't do it anymore, the body is going to send you the message, I can't do it. So you give it something to, to you know, coax it along for a while. But what, too much caffeine and stuff like that, I mean, uh, not, we're not just picking on coffee. I know God made coffee beans, but he made everything to be used in moderation, right? Um, but what, what happens with too much caffeine? Do you have any ideas on what that does to the body? The minerals. Oh. And it actually begins to deteriorate the nervous system. And that is why a lot of times people can appear to have a lot of energy. And you're like, I want energy like them. But when we're talking about energy, Margie, we're talking about energy like physics. We're talking about the energy of life. We're not talking about energy in a can that's full of caffeine and sugar. That's going to deceive you and it's going to destroy your body. Well, you know, energy, I don't want to get too deep deep and technical because I'll drowned in it probably myself but <laughs> we're made up of frequencies and i've read that there's certain um uh, uh frequency a band of level of um uh frequencies that are good and healthy and if we eat healthy living food it will keep us in that range of of health but if we're eating dead food or um you know depleted food or, or non-food as food then how can that keep us in that range of energy if our frequency is dead, you know, dead food just isn't, isn't going to help you. So um, like caffeine and um, colas and um, all those kind of sparkling waters and whatever they are, I, I just think that they're, they're deceptive. You know, they're not giving you what you really, really need. They actually deplete the body of minerals. And that's what's so interesting, Margie, is because when we crave caffeine, we crave sugar, we crave chocolate. It's actually a lack of trace minerals. And there are certain signs that can lead to specific minerals. So instead of giving our body the minerals that it needs, we are taking in substances in most cases. Yes, coffee does have minerals. Yes, chocolate has minerals in their true dark form. doesn't mean that it's all bad. It's just that what we do to it, most chocolates aren't your rich cacao the real chocolate, uh, they have a lot of things added to it, or it's not a true organic coffee bean. So when we do that, we actually reach for the incorrect thing in trying to fill this need. And that's what happens when we have cravings, and they can become addictions. However, it depletes the body even further. So that's why it's so important to gain the knowledge. In the Word, it says, my people... A parish for a lack of knowledge. And so when you have knowledge, then you have more choices of what you can do. Well, you know, it's like the devil is always out there to create the counterfeit of everything. And even using God's good things, like cocoa beans or whatever, to to create a substance that is not good for us. Um, taking good things and making them into bad things and the pseudos. And like I'm thinking of like imitation strawberries that they throw in, mm. you know, the, the cereal flakes and the this and that. And, and, you know, after a while, people get so used to tasting the wrong thing and, and used to it that the real strawberry begins to taste sour or weird. Um, or the same with the blueberry, the same with anything. You know, we begin to be uh, acclimated or used to eating these fake foods we call, we we call them junk foods sometimes but but back to the minerals um i heard that uh you know lacking minerals um creates not only the cravings but the cravings for sugar and uh that sort of thing but it, it can also i mean it it can set up addiction so if people are addicted to things one of the things they might need to start with 
is getting the right minerals back into their body. Um, and that's not that hard to do. It's not like you have to go outside and, and, and sift through the dirt and find your tin and your zinc and your aluminum. It's like like they make products that work really well. That is so true. And when I hear you say that, it makes me think about how the body so is craving nutrients and minerals. And sometimes we just don't realize that when we're craving sugar, we really want the plant sugars, the minerals. We want, the body wants a good calcium and magnesium that it can absorb. Oh, not a latte? (laughs) (laughs) Did you know when we're craving salt, it's actually that our adrenal glands are needing minerals and vitamins. And so sometimes if you begin to learn the signs of the cravings, just like you mentioned earlier about craving ice, many times that person is anemic and they need iron. It is just so fascinating how God has made us. And here's the thing, Margie, without minerals, our body doesn't absorb its vitamins because every function in the body depends on minerals. Every factor, every cofactor, every chemical action, every chemical reaction depends. So number one is oxygen. Number two is water. And water needs minerals to truly hydrate. And then number three is minerals. That's how important it is. Well, that makes sense because if God made us out of the dust of the ground, I mean, it's made out of minerals. And I've actually heard that our the proportion of minerals and trace minerals in, in us is very similar to that of the ground. Mm-hmm. So we were made out of dust and we need those kinds of minerals to uh, build, like you said. And when you stop and think about it, all of the, the, um, the chemical um, charts, the elements, the element charts, are all minerals. But the thing is, okay, so how do I know how much how much of this and how much of that? And I don't have time to figure all that out. So when I heard about all that and I thought, oh, man, I need minerals. Okay, minerals, is that, that sounds kind of like overwhelming because there's like how many of them? A hundred or so? I don't know. So I thought, well, what can I do? But then you told me what to do and I'm still doing it. So do you remember what you told me? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> that was like 10 years ago, Marcy. <laughs> well, you, you told me about liquid minerals. Okay. Uh, uh, ionic minerals. And it's, just, it's actually liquid minerals. You just put it in your smoothie or you put it in your glass of water in the morning or whenever you want to do it. And, you know, it's making my body happy. So, And I, I feel like that's that hard to do. Just get a bottle of minerals. And, you know, you can check out our website. We kind of have places we go, and there's some of them listed there. And you just check it out. But that's not that hard to do, people. I mean, you're going to, I mean, I think it's harder to make a cup of coffee than to throw a shot of minerals in your glass of water, really, seriously. That's good, Margie. You know, one of my favorites, besides liquid ionic minerals, because there's 70 minerals in just a micro amount, they're trace minerals, is also chlorophyll. Um, The chlorophyll that you and I and Des use is the uh, liquid chlorophyll made from alfalfa. Alfalfa has roots that go 20 to 50 or 60 feet in the ground, so we're getting minerals that is not in the topsoil. No wonder I can't get them out of my strawberries. I hate alfalfa growing in my strawberries, people. It's just, ugh. You can never get rid of them. But anyway, back to that's That's a green thing. That's herb and chlorophyll. I mean, we're getting back to basics when you're talking alfalfa here. But again, uh, I know that's a liquid, and just, you know, just throw that in your water bottle. Just mix that. Put that in your water bottle, and I hope you have a good source of water and carry that with you and people say oh green oh ew you're drinking green water i mean what is so bad about green water they love blue water they love blue everything but tell us what blue does to us well the 
artificial blue, the, num- the blue is, especially if it says lake after it, any coloring that says lake has aluminum in it. And blue coloring is one of the, the causes of brain tumors in children. And food manufacturers know this. And yet they know that children love the color blue. So it's in the energy drinks, it's in the candy, and it is so uh, not only dangerous, but it's sad. It's in the blue birthday cake frosting, it's in the blue ices, it's in the blue uh, cotton candy, blue, blue, blue. Blue M&M's, that should be illegal because they never used to have blue M&M's. That's just, but I mean, it's kind of a plot. You would think that if people love their children and knew that blue was going to give them brain tumors or excitotoxins or whatever that, I guess that's MSG. But anyway, you, you know, you would think that they would say, okay, honey, no, we're going to have to, we can't do blue. We have to do green. Mm-hmm. Well, parents do love their children. It's just that some know that and they know there's other choices. One thing I learned this weekend at the Creation Museum is that plants are the only living thing that can totally absorb the energy of the sun. So we as humans cannot even do that directly. And I was so impressed in finding how the scriptures supports and how science is catching up with the scriptures in that when we have that photosynthesis of the sun and the plant, that is how we are alive. If we didn't have that process, we wouldn't be here. And who eats enough greens, Margie? We say we're supposed to eat lots of greens and dark greens. It's just almost impossible in this day and age. So about 30 years ago, I began drinking chlorophyll in my water. And I love the health benefits. And my children grew up on it. Um, My oldest was going to be 33, and they took it to school with them. So now we have a lot of kids that have turned into adults who are having babies, and they're still drinking chlorophyll. I love that. Well, I think it's really cool that the little plants are like the go-betweens between the sun and us. And they take, they actually pull the minerals out of the ground for us and make them, you know, edible. They make them tasty. They make them colorful. They, they turn them into fruits and vegetables for us. And, and those little plants, you know, they're just, they're just slaves of, of righteousness because they're just doing what God wants them to do. And, and yet you're right. I mean, here in Minnesota, I, by this time of the year, I mean, give me something real to eat, something green, something you know, something raw. And of course we can buy those things in the store, but they don't ever taste quite as good as they do when they come right out of your garden. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, so liquid chlorophyll, liquid minerals, and um, anything else in this, and kind of quick fixes that we can help people with. Well, you know, we're not really into quick fixes, Margie, but I understand. I think, think, (laughs) well, you know, I I understand that, you know, some of these things are going to take a little longer, a little more preparation, a little more thought. But, um, you know, even if people can start doing a couple of basics, another thing, going back to uh, caffeine, um, you gave us another idea a couple of years ago, and we just love it. It's um, using coconut water at, for energy. Mm. And uh, can you tell us a little bit about coconut water? I, I will, Margie. One thing I wanted to share with all of you is speaking about herbs, for example. Herbs are powerful foods, and they've been utilized for centuries. Even clear back in the Bible, there's so many Bible verses that refer to the uh, herbs and specific herbs. And so that historical use is recorded in the scriptures. And Ezekiel 47 says, And the fruit thereof shall be meat, and the leaf thereof for medicine. So I think of that coconut when we read that. 
And then as we get later in the scriptures in Revelation 22.2, and the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. So let's talk about that fruit. Coconut is the fruit of the tree, and it is God's true hydrator of probably about 6,000 years. What, what is hydrator? What's a hydrator? Hydrator. Well, many of us drink water, and many of us drink a lot of good, pure water, and we're still dehydrated because it takes minerals. It takes um, minerals that have an electrical charge to them to truly hydrate. So coconut water is osmotic, and that means that it penetrates the tissues. So it's truly a hydrator. For example, your good coconut water fresh is the very best, but some of the brands that um, keep it as pure to that as they can, they do a flash packaging that heats it only for a second, a tad over a second, uh, that it can still be alive and you get the benefit from it. In 11 ounces, you have over 600 milligrams of potassium and probably around 50 milligrams of sodium. Now, we as Americans get concerned about sodium. We need sodium, people. Sodium is a mineral, and it's what keeps our joints limber. And that's why goats are so limber, because their milk has a high content of sodium. And so it's sodium and potassium for every cell of the body. It has its own balance. And the energy drinks that are on the market and the popular ones, Uh, such as Gatorade, they don't do the job that they're to do. When you look at it under the microscope, it actually doesn't do a good job. So coconut water every day is like the most life-giving, hydrating fluid that you can give your body. So I have this drink I make. Okay, I I get some coconut water for my favorite store. And actually, you can get it in pretty many, most of the stores nowadays. Um, And then I pour a little bit of that in my water bottle, like maybe a third of it. And then I put in some good water, and then I throw in an emergency or something like that, and a little tad, maybe a flavoring or orange juice or a little juice, juice, maybe nothing. Just and then I and then you you cool that down and you put that in the fridge and drink that. Oh my goodness, it just hits you like oh refreshing. <laughs> and really, I'm seriously when you get that four o'clock slump, if you if do the coconut water, you won't have to take the twenty minute nap usually. Mm-hmm. But oh, back to salt. I got to say hey. this, you know. Um, I also found the salt. There's a lot of different kinds of salt, but most of them are junk, junk, and more junk. But there's some really good ones. The ones that are actually full of minerals have more than one or two minerals. I think most people use sodium and what's it, chloride, sodium chloride? Is that what salt is? Well, it's not the true salt. The true salt will have up to 80 minerals, yeah. maybe 82. Well, they didn't know there were there was fake salt out there. <laughs> <laughs> and all those salt substitutes are pretty much probably as bad. People say, oh, don't do salt. It's too bad for your blood pressure. Well, here's the deal. If you take the, the like the salts like, that are um, like uh, sea salt, Eden salt, um, Himalayan salt, Himalayan is little rocks that are pink, by the way. You can't miss it. <laughs> you have to grind them. Anyway. But they are actually another source of minerals. I mean, that's a that's a good, and you can't really do too much. I mean, you can't eat too much of that usually because your body is just going to be um, taking what it needs on that. But so that's another good source of minerals that God gave us. Well, Margie, you can do too much of anything, just for a disclaimer. I mean, we can get too much oxygen, too much water, too much salt, but in most cases, when we do the Himalayan salt, I drink it every morning in water as a salt soleil. That is exactly what our body wants. It wants those minerals. It acts as a physic. It also gives you energy, and it's going to nourish the thyroid and the adrenals. 
And then you don't need to have that coffee kick in the morning because you're actually giving your body minerals. Yeah, and it's kind of sad and I think scary that a lot of people are addicted to stuff and when they stop using it like coffee, for example, or they cut back or whatever. And we're not picking on coffee drinkers because Jesus loves everybody. But, <laughs> but you know, um, seriously, they get headaches. They get, they, get, they get withdrawals. And I think that should tell you something that it's not, you know, good. I mean, your body wasn't built having to have coffee because I've lived all these years without it. So, I mean, it's, it gets doable. But not to say, but I mean, seriously, when people are craving and then when they quit something and they're going through withdrawals, it kind of feels spiritual to me. It feels like there's something going on inside of their body that's not, uh, that's not liking the fact that they're quitting drinking something. Well, here's something interesting. I just was at a conference where uh, Dr. Mark Hyman was there and he was telling about the addiction to sugar. I believe the average American is around 22 teaspoons of sugar a day as an average. And the other thing is that um, he was telling us that sugar is eight times as addictive as heroin or cocaine. And because of the hook that is caused in the cell when you are using something like cocaine or heroin is the very same hook that sugar and corn syrup use in the body. So we truly is an addiction. And and one, we need to give our body what it needs. But two, when you do consults with people, many times they'll tell you right up front, for women it's usually chocolate because they need it desperately, especially at certain times of the month because they're needing more minerals. For men it could be coffee or it could be their Coke or their soda or even more addictive. And they don't even know how to let go of that. And they'll say, don't touch that. And then they'll give me this long list of signs of what is these issues in their health. And it's the very thing that they rebel against that they won't give up. So that is that is quite a cycle, isn't it, Margie? Well, so we're talking about things we got to put in our body and things we we got to take out of our body or take away from our, our bodies, like forcing them, forcing them to drink um, these deadly syrups. It's, don't get me started on this corn syrup thing. I can't even, I got to tell you this, this is the truth. I was in southern Minnesota. We were traveling, oh, it was a couple of years ago, traveling down to see our, our parents. And, and there was this train on the track. And, and it was these black, you know, they look like, you know, the, 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 the cars that are looked like they have oil in them or something. They're the black ones, the round cylinders. Anyway, they all said corn syrup on them. All of them honestly said corn syrup on them. And there was three or four or maybe seven miles of this train. I mean, it just didn't end. I even took a video of it. I was so shocked and I thought people never believe me. But now they don't put corn syrup on it anymore. They just put corn syrup in every, everything. High fructose corn syrup. And it's addictive. And that's why people are losing their, their abilities to withstand the lies because their bodies are being inundated with this deceptive food. And many times it's not listed, Margie, just in the last couple of weeks now, even artificial sweeteners will be called natural sweeteners. And they have new terms for them because they don't, because there's been so much bad publicity. Um, It was just announced. We knew it was coming down the pike. And somehow through legislation, they've been able to get it that they can use natural terms as, as the GMOs currently because of the bad publicity, they're now wanting to call them GMIs. I'm going to tell you something. Natural on a package of anything means nothing. 
Nothing. Remember that. Natural anything means nothing at all. Anybody could put natural on anything because there's no, no law against it. And if they can use that word natural, people oh, that's natural. Oh, that's good. Well, you know, it's a lie, probably. If, if it's, if, you know, and, and I know they do the same thing with natural flavorings, which is a, hi, a, hide, uh, hidden, a hiding place for GMOs. And so, but corn syrup, what do you need? And, you know, I just don't get it why we have to have corn syrup in everything and sodium lauryl sulfate. And what's the one that's in antifreeze that seems to be in our, now showing up in our salad dressings? What's that one? Um, propylene glycol? Yes. Go ahead. It's propylene glycol. Now, what? Is propylene glycol antifreeze doing in your favorite salad dressing? I do not know. It doesn't sound good to me. <laughs> well, at least it's not going to freeze, Margie. <laughs> well, yeah. You know, and even in the bread now, they, nowadays, you know, I mean, in the older days, there was about four or five ingredients in bread. You had wheat, you had the liquid, whatever it was. You had salt, you had a little bit of yeast, you had some, a little tiny bit of sweetener. And that's about it. Now they have to have about 95, you know, elements, ingredients, and I don't know what they are, in the bread. And what is that one? Um, sucralose. Sucralose in bread L, with the L-A, not sucrose, but sucralose. And that's bad for you. And it's in, it's in everything. I mean, I really believe that we've got to, you know, not only realize, well, well, let's, for example, I mean, everybody's probably heard this, heard this thing about aspartame, okay? So what are the some the aspartame? We're going into diet pops. We're going into, I mean, some pops are made out of sugar. And Karen, do you remember that experiment we did that one time where we, we took the cans of, we actually took the chart and we converted the amount of grams of sugar into teaspoons. And we, then we, 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 we took the, we measured out the teaspoons and put it in piles in front of the bottles to see which bottle had the most sugar in it. Do you remember which one it was? That was incredible. I don't remember which one. Was oh. it Mountain Dew? No. <laughs> I think that was a runner-up. It was actually Orange Crush. Can you believe it? A nice Orange Crush. I mean, everything. Oh, well, orange. That's got to be a healthy thing. It's got an orange. It's word. It's a word of orange. An orange, you know. And so orange, I don't know if I had nine or ten or, I mean, just go ahead. If you got that much of a craving for sugar, just go to the sugar bowl and put nine or ten sugar, spoons of sugar in a cup of water. Put a little water and just drink it down. I mean, it's, if you've got to have that much sugar and you know, it just can't be good for you. Oh, Margie, that's one reason we're so in trouble. Even people who drink a lot of milk, as far as bought milk, because of the lactose in it. Then we have the sodas. We have the juices with corn syrup. We've got the sweets. We really don't realize how much sweet that we're taking in, which is depleting the body of essential minerals. And you know what happens in the long run, Margie, between being dehydrated and a lack of minerals and eating toxic foods that are processed with chemicals I can and sugar? Guess. I can guess. Okay. We, we die. End result would be that, yes, but on the way can be osteoporosis and or bone cancer because the body will go to the bone to get the minerals that it needs to keep you alive. I mean, our bodies are working day and night to keep us going and keep us alive with so little that we give it and so much junk that we're with throwing so, at it. With so little of our own cooperation. I'm just amazed. God has made us so, so fantastically. And yet many times we're not even giving our body the true hydration and water that it needs. Many people say, hey, I don't drink water. I don't like water. And they don't even realize that brains are dehydrating and their bones are dehydrating. Well, I can believe that. You know, I wonder if we should do a commercial pretty quick here. But before we do that, um, you guys can call us and, you know, give us your questions or give us your comments. I'll give you the phone number. It's 
347-215-8051. Go find your cell phone while we turn on this commercial and we'll be right back. Eating. We got to do it and we sure do plenty of it. A lot of times we feel guilty about what we eat. Many of us are overfed, yet we are undernourished physically and spiritually. Here's something you may have never thought of. What we eat and the attitude in which we eat it has a lot to do with our spiritual health as well as our physical health. In their powerful CD, Eating for Spiritual Health, Marjorie Cole and Karen Steen Finch explore what God has to say and what God has given us for optimum spiritual and physical health. You will see how God's diet plan is simply the best. To order your copy of this life-changing CD, go to www.liferecovery.com. Again, go to www.liferecovery.com. Well, back to adverse conditions. We are talking about sugar. And, you know, to get around sugar, some people think that they want to, you know, go with the diet route. And, of course, there's aspartame. And I think now they've changed the name. They usually change the name every two, three years when people start getting catching on to what's going on. But but back to aspartame, I mean, they won't even let that's for your diet pops, you know. They don't even allow pilots to use or drink it before they fly planes because it creates uh, conditions of seizures and dizziness. So I'm going to read through the kind of some of the symptoms of aspartame use, overuse of aspartame or diet pops, headaches, migraines, dizziness, seizures, nausea, numbness, muscle spasms, weight. I thought this was supposed to be a diet. Okay. Rashes, depression, fatigue, irritability. Oh, yay. <laughs> Got plenty of that. Tachycardia, which means something to do with your heart, right? Right. Insomnia, vision problems, hearing losses, heart palpitations, breathing difficulties, anxiety attacks, slurred speech, loss of taste, tinnitus, vertigo, memory loss, and joint pain. Okay, who wants to sign up for any of that? Do you think about that? They should put that on the can. You know what? Just on the back, a little chart. Okay, here, you know, here's the warning. If you drink this, this is probably what you're going to get. It's likely. And then the long-term effects. You want to look at this. Long-term effects of the use of this stuff. And I know people who use this stuff like, like food. I mean, drink six cans a day. Brain tumors, muscul- mus- uh, multiple sclerosis, epilepsy, chronic fatigue syndrome, Parkinson's. I mean, uh, what else we got here? Oh, Margie, it's so sad. Oh, don't forget Alzheimer's, mental retardation, lymph- uh, lymphoma, birth defects, diabetes, and fibromyalgia. Some of our favorite top-of-the-list diseases all could be prevented by just stop drinking pop and the plus on that is you can actually start losing weight when you stop drinking diet pop. It might take a while, Margie, especially if they've been on it. A couple of things I'd like to mention about back with some history of aspartame, which is the scientific name, and then some of the trade names are NutraSweet, Equal, some of the different ones. Mm-hmm. Aspartame, when it was first being introduced to the public as far as that we were aware of it because they do uh, test marketing in our food. For example, Splenda was test marketed on us for 10 years before we even knew. And it's owned by Johnson & Johnson. Guinea pigs. Yes. And so when we actually were realizing about this, it was when I w- my mom and I were opening our health food store in the early 80s. And at that time, the doctors received a letter and in and the AMA. And in there, it said, do not give aspartame 
to anyone who's six and under or anyone who's pregnant because of the risk of brain tumors. What is aspartame in now? It is uh, in children's vitamins, in Jello. Remember the gums that oh, we looked at trying gum. to find a gum even though they put xylitol on it like it's natural and it had three artificial sweeteners in it? I remember we were at the checkout counter that day in the store, and we looked through every single packet of every kind of gum, and they had a lot. They must have had 40, 50 different brands. And there was aspartame on every single label, and I was like, what? Not a one, not one package of gum was, was not laced, laced with aspartame. Right. Now they've got some new patents. Uh, Coke and Pepsi has some new ones, and you have to be really careful because they mix something natural like stevia, and then they come up with these new ones. The other thing with weight loss, Margie, when aspartame was going to be coming out, they did a study. So this is like over 30 years ago. And they had two groups of rats. And each group was given McDonald's hamburgers, french fries, and a milkshake. But in one group, they added the aspartame. Those rats doubled their weight in six weeks. And the response from the manufacturer was, we never said you'd lose weight on it. Well, why do they say diet then? Because people buy it, but then they pay the fines, such as Pepsi. Remember when it was less than one calorie? Remember those days in the commercials? It was never less than one calorie. In fact, they paid hundreds of thousands of dollars per year to put that on their can because it was so well worth it because we fall for the marketing. So that's why, people, we have to be wise and we have to be responsible and make good choices because we can't rely on anyone else, not the government, not the FDA, to make those choices for us. Yeah, you know, I've always wondered, you know, I'm always kind of looking for the behind the scenes kind of whatever's going on. You notice in every grocery shopper from 40 years back, no, not 40, maybe 10 years back, they always advertise, they're always, pop is always on sale. It's always on sale. Junk food and pop is always on sale. Now, to me, that's kind of suspicious. Why do they always have a special, they're running a special on, on this or that brand of pop? Because they want people to buy it. They want people to, to drink it. They want it to become part of their common, everyday food diet. And a lot of times people are, when you drink pop, you don't want food then because you're not hungry. You're, you're, you've kind of shut down the, the, the natural desire for food. And so you're just placating your body and lying to your body, your poor little body. Oh. Feel so sorry for our little bodies. They're trying to get the word out, and we're just saying, "I don't like that. I want that." Who's talking in there? And it's actually dehydrating us, Margie. That's the scary part. Not only are we not giving it the water with the minerals such as coconut. So if we want to feel alive and have energy, true energy, that would be giving our body real food, whole foods, organic live foods with live enzymes, with minerals fiber, the things that our bodies need to be able to be optimal and work optimally. Well, so I'm going to give you something here. Now, you get just be prepared for what I'm going to say because this actually is true and happened. Okay, so um, we can say after all this, like, who is, who's craving in there? Who wants this? Who's demanding this, this, this sugar? Who's demanding this junk? Who's demanding this stuff that's actually killing us. I mean, why would we want to kill ourselves? What in there is causing this craving? And, 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 you know, like people who are smoking, for example, and they want to quit and they try to quit and they can't stop. 
And what's going on? I mean, how is it that you are working against your own life and self to do something that you don't want to do? I mean, oh, you know, we do that with food too. You know, it's like, oh, I, I, I can't eat that piece of chocolate cake. And then, of course, you eat the chocolate cake and then you feel guilty and then you, you know, try to go on a diet tomorrow and then you're going to beat yourself up for four days and then you're going to go back and eat another piece of chocolate cake. Well, what is going on in the spiritual battle? Well, I got to tell you that this is the fact that Remember I said a little earlier about we get this taste for the imitation and we like the imitation? Mm-hmm. Well, from a spiritual point of view, um, I say it's demons. I see those little spirits in there are craving sugar, actually. And as a matter of fact, um, I have actually witnessed the casting out of a demon out of someone's tongue and taste buds. That's pretty far out, actually. But when we prayed and there was a manifestation of this thing that started to move around, you know, they weren't moving around in their, their tongue, their mouth, but this thing started moving around like we were talking it and it was like reacting. And when it left, that changed that, that person's whole um, disposition towards food, especially the, the foods that, that they were craving. Um, so do you, do you think that there is, I mean, I, I don't even, I know this, but I'm going to ask you what you think. And you out there, can, you can tell me what you think that there is a spiritual connection between uh, what we're eating and our spiritual health. Definitely, Margie. The number one, of course, is healing. The true healing is at the spiritual level, and that is the lasting healing. And as we know, our bodies are temporary on this earth. However, this is the vehicle God has given us to carry his spirit. It says, do you not know that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit? And it is so vital what we are putting into our body and what we're not putting into it. Because of the lack, we are craving things and we're grabbing for the wrong thing because of how we're being programmed and how we're being marketed to and deceived. And at the same time, when we begin to learn what to give our body, then those cravings and addictions can go away. But it's true. They really don't care about you. They don't care about your health. They care about selling their product and you becoming addicted. And that's what the artificial sweeteners and the MSG, the monosodium gluconate, those in science, are, and they excite the brain cell till they die. So MSG, what it does is it opens the pores in your tongue to be larger so that when you eat the food, it tastes better. These ingredients are in your fast food, whether it's listed or not, whether you ever look at a listing Sometimes it's under 2%, so they don't have to list it. But what happens is we become addicted. Our brain is addicted, and it is totally because the spiritual, the physical, and our soul are all intertwined. And that's why it's so vital, the choices that we make. Well, it, it reminds me of people who are addicted who don't are in denial and they say, well, I can quit any time, you know, using chemicals and substances. I can quit any time. And I, I find the same is really true of people who are addicted to these very dangerous foods. Oh, I can quit any time. It's not really bothering me. Um, you know, I'm, I'm an exception to the, the rules of health and eating and nutrition or whatever. But you just quit and go ahead and see the battle that goes on spiritually inside of you. Just Just go ahead. You know, and you'll find out that that spirit, like Paul says in Romans 7:20, he says, "I if I am doing the things I do not want to do, it's not me doing it." So if you're doing things, eating things, or drinking things, or other things, you're you're doing things that you don't want to do. 
he said, it, he says, there's a war going on inside of me, the one who wills to do good. And we need to understand that that spiritual battle doesn't just, that just, that spiritual battle really begins at the cellular level, at the level of DNA, at the level of human frequencies. It isn't just out there in the, in the church or in the, in the, uh, the arenas out in the world. It begins in the temple where the, the Holy Spirit dwells or is supposed to be dwelling. And God says, what fellowship has Belial or darkness with, with, um, with light? What, or the believer, with the unbeliever, what your poor little body, the temple of the Holy Spirit, is meant to walk and live and be nourished in the truth. And when we're in agreement with ourselves, that's when we're at peace. That's when we're at peace. And when we're obeying God, that's when we're at peace and can be blessed. Well, when we're in agreement with God and walking in the truth, that is peace right there because there is no incongruence. There's no guilt, no condemnation. Um, and a lot of times people need help. They And, and again, you're going to have to ask God. You're going to have to come out of agreement, you know, cancel out the agreements you've made with I like the taste of. I mean, I like the taste of. I got to have. Don't touch my food. I love whatever, whatever. You better ask yourself, well, who said that? Is that the Holy Spirit saying that into you? Would the Holy Spirit be craving something that was bad for you? I don't think so. Yes, you know, Margie, health, so our natural physical health, so follows the spiritual guidelines because the number one step for the spiritual is cleansing as it is with the physical. And that's why detoxification is so important. And then we also build. If we try to build on a dirty foundation, oh, well, I'll just go ahead and take some vitamins and eat at McDonald's, you're going to find out it doesn't work. I already tried it as a young person. And you know what? Your hair is still going to get thin. You're still going to have blemishes. You're going to be overweight or underweight, depending on the digestive issues. And it doesn't work that way. You cannot fool God. You cannot fool your body only for a while living on prescription medicines and trying to mask the symptoms or masking our pain with food or our emotional needs because God is our everything. And he shows us in the word, Margie, in the Bible, how to live, how to eat. And when we begin following that, then we can live the life that we're purposed to do here on this earth. Well, we want to invite people to call in if you're, if you're interested. I do have a question from someone who emailed in, and we'll do that one in a second. But the number is 347-215-8051. 347-215-8051. And we don't want to sit around and preach to you. We just want you to start thinking about what's going on, and if it sounds like preaching, oh, well, oh, well, oh, well. <laughs> anyway, I got this, this email from this person. I, I just want to read it, Karen, because I think this is for you. Um, I'm not this smart. I don't know all the answers. Oh, <laughs> okay, this gal, uh, gal, guy, whatever. I was at a presentation. The guest speaker was an orthopedic surgeon. One question, one question from the audience was in reference to sugar and arthritis. This doctor deferred the question by stating that he had not studied this and that maybe not, uh, maybe another discipline could answer the question because he was only a surgeon. This reply shows the lack of knowledge about simple remedies, therapies, and supplements by even professionals who specialize in areas related to que- the question. I am disappointed because professionals do not have knowledge from a nutritional perspective of which to advise their patients. Some unanswered questions were, does sugar irritate arthritis? Could you please expand on this as it relates to inflammation 
Uh, and then um, another question. I, well, should we do that one first, and then I'll go on to the next That'd one? That'd be great, Margie. Okay, I'll repeat the question. Um, does sugar irritate arthritis? Please expand on this as it relates to inflammation. Can you define some of those things? Well, as you know, Margie, I'm not a doctor. I'm an herbalist. However, I can explain it from my, my story. And when I eat sugar or substances that create an inflammation in the body and acidity, um, that would be sugar, white flour, red meat, processed dairy products. That will create a pH in the body that's acidic. And when we're acidic is when the body begins to hurt and we have inflammations. Inflammations are such as this. A title in medical would be arthritis, bursitis. Itises mean inflammation. And inflammation is created, which creates pain. So what the body needs to bring that pH back, this is the environment within the body, is your chlorophyll that has minerals, your ionic minerals, foods that are green, raw foods. Raw fruits and vegetables, almost over the board, organic helps us to go more alkaline, as does the greens, the minerals, and the fiber and probiotics. So real food can bring that back into balance. Well, if you have something that's irritating, such as sugar, that's going to deplete the minerals more, you can imagine how the bones can ache. And so from my own experience, can really irritate and cause inflammation. And that's why it's so important that we give the body whole foods. Well, on the spiritual side of inflammations, um, if you look in the book of Hebrews chapter 12, it talks about bitterness and the root of bitterness, which means swallowed anger. Anger is you know, injustices that you swallow and keep inside, which are, you know, create inflammations, red things, rashes, irritations as well. And so I think it goes hand in hand with, you know, cutting back the sugar, but also forgiving and releasing that injustice, whatever you're mad about that you've been carrying, releasing that to God and letting him judge it. God knows the truth. You don't have to stay mad until it gets fixed. I mean, that's, what some people do, they they stay mad for 20 years about something, and a lot of times it it's, it talks right in there about the um, the joints, the bones, the knees, the elbows, and this that these are the places where this irritation and friction show up, and the inflammation creates a pain. This this uh, this email goes on to ask the question: Is glucosamine a supplement that will heal or prevent joint damage? Again, this was unknown territory for the surgeon, and deferred it by saying uh, it is not regulated, and to use it if it works. Um, what is the science that proves, is there a science that proves the support of it as a useful uh, anti- antidote to joint damage? Is there glucosamine? Uh, what is that? Do you know anything about that? Usually it comes from shellfish, from the shells. Um, so people who are allergic to shellfish or shrimp cannot use it. But yes, the research is out there for glucosamine, chondroitin, MSM, all of those for helping the body to build and repair when it comes to cartilage and ligaments. Did I read this right, that the surgeon said that there wasn't the, um, the it's not regulated, but if it works, to use By it? saying it was not regulated. And to use and it if it works. Work. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that. Uh, a lot of times what 
I hear back from clients is that when they go to the doc, they're like, I don't know what you're doing, but whatever it is, keep doing it. And the ones that have studied further into nutrition will say, that's very good. Keep doing that. Or my grandma does that. Or I do that myself. Some will say, I can't tell you to do that. And so, you know, depending on what, what the laws are with each state and what that looks like. The good thing about Minnesota here at Margie is that we have the safe harbor. Um, and that allows us as herbalists, as long as you know up front that we're not a doctor, we're not prescribing, we're not diagnosing, we are just sharing information and education. Everybody can make their choices from there. Um, and so we are free to do that here, which we really appreciate that. Mm. The land of the free and the home of the brave. Huh? <laughs> the land of the fishermen. <laughs> well, you know, I'm glad. And I think a lot of times, you know, going back into, okay, that there's um, there's a lot of people who are looking for some simple remedies and looking for, um, you know, maybe the, the, the specific thing. And God is good to provide those uh, supplements, those minerals, vitamins, nutrients. And um, so I, I want to look at for a minute, you know, do you have anything else you want to add to that? I don't. Well, just a... about bones and emotions because okay. uh, every emotion affects our body, as you know. And for every, um, for every ailment, for every sign, for every deficiency, um, God has an answer. There is a spiritual root. There is an emotional root. There is a physical root. There might be a mental root. And just some of the verses that I've looked up for the bones, it says, heal me for my bones are vexed in the Psalms. And then it talks, all my bones are out of joint. And that is in the Psalms. That would hurt. (laughs) Neither is there any rest in my bones. A good report maketh the bones fat to the soul and healeth the bones. A broken spirit dryeth up the bones, and a soft tongue can break the bones. Mm -hmm. So there's so much to that in that dryeth up the bones. Um, It it really gets even to to the bone marrow of that. And that's why having joy in our life and why good words. You know, there was a study that was done, Marjorie, of people who read their Bible and pray during the time that they were doing that. They had a perfect pH in the body. And the truth is, is that when our pH is balanced in the body, no dis-ease can live in the body. Uh So, for example, for cancer to grow in the body, it has to have an acidic environment. So uh, the nurses at Mayo tell me that when they take a culture from a cancer sample it has to be put in an acidic solution to grow that for testing so it's so important the environment it starts with our heart and then our mind and then it will go from there um hey we have a caller on line one um does you want to send her through hello this is hi margie hi margie this is tanya miller i'm calling in to to ask you a question um to your wonderful guest um, okay, awesome. oh, I, was, I have a hernia, and um, I I know that um, I was wondering if there's anything nutritionally or spiritually that you would recommend for it's a it's it's an internal one that you would recommend for a hernia. If there's anything you can actually do to to fix it nutritionally, that's not quite awesome. bad enough to need surgery. Okay, well, Karen, you want to take over with that? 
Hi, Tanya. A question that I would have is, do you know how it occurred? Was it from lifting or from straining? Or I, It was from me carrying like 60 pounds several miles all the time. <laughs> so I lugged I way you. too many things, and I stopped doing it. So it's kind of calmed down now. So I, And I, okay. I, I'm pretty sure I was also upset about something at the same time, so I think it's a combination of overdoing it and being upset. A tearing away. Yeah. And so in that, from what I have read and what I have studied, is that hernias usually are a sign that the body needs to be detoxed, that the muscles need a detoxification. So one of the things that I have used is called lymph gland cleanse, and that is a formula, and that is from Nature Sunshine. And the other one that I used for that was all-cell detox, and then um, begin a program of minerals. Number one is to cleanse, and number two is to rebuild, and sometimes you're doing those simultaneously. Zinc is a mineral that is excellent for repairing and building, building and rebuilding. And something I just learned this week is zinc is usually depleted, and when, when it is depleted, we actually have more anger and more depression. I found that fascinating um, because of that and because of the, some of the things that you're saying. So I would begin by detoxification. I love the coconut water. Uh, we have you know convenient two-week cleanses that you can begin with. Some of the things that we mentioned, you can go to theliferecovery.com and click on the Nature Sunshine where you can order and order at direct pricing so that you get the get that saving and that helps life recovery or you can go directly which is the www.mynsp.com forward slash life recovery and that way you can go check it out hey and tanya you mentioned something too that i, I caught my attention you uh actually karen said it's about tearing away and you know those muscles are tearing and what we find in the, the, the parallels between the spiritual and the natural world is that whatever's going on in the spiritual or the emotional world is often replicated or, uh, in the body or paralleled in the body. And so if there's a tearing away uh, in those muscles, there's also then pain, the pain of, of what else are those muscles doing? They're weakening. They're not able to carry or up under the load. Um, and that tearing in the spiritual, I would say, look for the place where you have uh, confronted that pain of tearing away or having to tear away or feeling like you've been separated, abandoned, torn away from whatever, whoever, maybe a relationship or it could be a, uh, a situation. So your muscles are just kind of reflecting uh, in the natural what is going on in the spiritual. And again, the way we handle that is to find the lie and cancel out agreement with it. Like, for example, Lord, I cancel out the agreement I've made with this, with this spirit of pain or fear or tearing away, trying to um, take away my, my health, my strength, my vitality, my ability to lift things. I cancel out that agreement with uh, whatever it would be, tearing away hopelessness, um, being set aside or rejected. And I declare that I'm loved by God, that I am every whit whole because the Lord died on the cross for you uh, to restore your health. And and do these kind of suggestions help you a little bit? Um, yes, they do. Um, 
I do think maybe the obvious one spiritually could be like taking on too much, you know, taking on too many burdens because if you're carrying too much and then you rip yourself. So good job. uh, Yeah. yeah. That's another way of looking at that. So it's to rebuild and coming from the physical, that would be to rebuild with the minerals so that those tissues can be stronger. What specifically okay. are you, which organ were you specifically targeting for detoxifying or just sort of generally? Is it just a general detox? General, because usually the detoxifications will work with five systems of the body, five organs, five of the major organs. And you have to support, you don't have to, but it's best to support the body with the um intestinal system, the respiratory system, the lymphatic system to help let go of those toxins so that you don't overload or maybe it's the urinary system. All of those will work together. You see the systems are a team just like the cells have their own communication which can fire quite effectively when we're giving it the things that it needs. Standard American diet, the cells are not communicating properly and they're not replicating properly and that's where we get these issues so in that just I what came to mind at that moment when Margie was talking is there's a formula called nature's sea calcium CSEA like the ocean and it has 70 minerals in it and it has the right amount of a food calcium and half magnesium and that is very strengthening for the tissues and for the organs. So that is where I would begin. I cannot tell you what to do. I can only share with you what I would do if it were me, and that is that is the truth. Well, and another thing, as Karen was talking, Tanya, I'm thinking of the what she said about letting go. And detoxification is really letting go of of those those, those uh, these chemicals, the, the poisons and the toxins, the pain, and possibly letting go of, of unfinished business, just kind of letting it go instead of making your body continue to carry this stuff until it's finished or, or, or completed. And I think, so the carrying too much and letting go and tearing away are all, they look like they're kind of opposites, but really they're, they're, they're on the torture rack. You know, you've got to hold on to it. You can't let go and your body is therefore not able to detoxify and get that junk out of your cells so the, the, the repair can be made in your muscles. So tearing away letting go and carrying too much in the natural are also being replicated in your spiritual emotional world, I would imagine. So again, that's just things to ask the Lord about. What what am what am I carrying that's too heavy? What what you said my yoke is easy and my burden is light. What what am I taking on that's too much for me? Or what do I need to let go of and trust you with Lord God and and, and permit myself to let go of all the stuff that the, the that baggage that they're carrying as well. Does that make sense? Yeah, it actually does. Thank you so much, Margie. And it's uh, Kathleen, I think. Um, appreciate it. Thanks. So, but you're welcome. Yeah, thank you. Great. Dear. And uh, mm-hmm. call us again. Check us out next week. All right. Thank you. Love to have great. you back. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Bye. Margie, I think that's an important thing to talk about, too, is like we were talking about sugar a while ago. Uh-huh. And so when people have a sugar craving, a sweet tooth, uh, maybe even an addiction, yeah. in my mind or even with them in a consult, I will ask them because they are, they're wanting to bring back the sweetness in life. Sure. 
and that sweetness maybe has disappeared and that can manifest itself as a hypoglycemia or a hyperglycemia, which the medical would term diabetes, which we know is at epidemic proportions. So now diabetes is affecting over 20 million people and obesity is just to epidemic proportions. So it is being termed the last few years as diabetes. And we really need to take a look at, because even children and adults, however, they're finding also that with changing their ways, their thoughts, their emotional eating, eating whole foods, giving the body what it needs, that these signs are going away and these symptoms are going away. Because many times we say, oh, it was in, it's in our genes, but the reason it's in our genes is because of our environment and the habits that we have through the generations. Now science is catching up with the scriptures and telling us that, you know what, you can change the DNA of yourself. You can change the genes because you don't have to keep going with those same habits. And the science is also saying that you can, we've known this, that we can change our environment uh, and the uh, epigenetic uh, transmissions are they're they're doing ex- experiments now that you know even though you may have bad genes your environment will either um, cause those genes to activate or not activate and in one of the experiments was um, to keep the obesity away by giving the the offspring of the mice for example good food and the obesity genes did not show up I'm kind of really paraphrasing that but nonetheless what we're saying is that both your genetic don't blame it on genes and say well it's fatalistic there's nothing i can do about it and it's not all environment but going back to the joy Mm. and the sugar um there are spiritual root causes for every disease i really believe and diseases come out of um the consequences of sin and guilt and idolatry and and self-hatred and i would say of all you know like diabetes and all of the autoimmune system diseases which, you know, you think about your immune system created by God to um, protect you and protect that which is good. And when God, and when God um, created us, he gave us our immune system to preserve that which is good. God says, Karen, you're good, live. And your little immune system says, yes, Lord. And it began to, it began to work to keep you healthy and safe. But when you grew up and as you were growing and coming through the pits of life, you maybe began to say something like, oh, I'm so stupid. Oh, I don't deserve to live. What's wrong with me? You know, I'm so never going to get it. And so we begin to speak with an authority to ourselves. And the enemy, of course, I think is behind all that conversation. But nonetheless, your immune system hears it and becomes confused. And what really immune system diseases are is, your, is confusion in the immune system because your immune system was created to preserve that which is good and to destroy that which is bad. And now when you're coming up half and half, your immune system says, well, I don't know what, maybe we should go down and destroy the myelin sheath, or maybe we should, you know, eat up the, the nerve connections, or maybe we should, you know. And so you get things like lupus and, and Crohn's and, and MS and, and Alzheimer's and stuff because your immune system is confused because of the lack of truth, the lack of joy in your life. And so sugar only makes all that, makes an environment for cancer, makes an environment for weakness. Um, and so Going back to getting help, you know, eating the right foods and minerals is, is very, very good. But we, I believe, also have to go to a root and get rid of the lie as well. Hey, let's take a commercial break here. I'm going to give you the phone number again. And I uh, love your calls. And please call in. Uh, 
347-215-8051, and we'll be right back. I want it, and I want it now. Chocolate. A juicy burger with everything. A turtle brownie latte overload. A cold beer. That guy over there. That lady at the counter. Cravings. Intense desires that demand satisfaction often rule our lives. Our cravings have formed habits we can't break, even though they are breaking us. The more we try to take control of our lives, the more out of control our lives become. And we end up doing more and more of what we really don't want to do. In Marjorie Cole's Cravings Manual or CD, you will find rock-solid answers to your dilemma. No more crazy diets, guilt, denial, white-knuckling, or endless frustration. Just a release of truth from the book of Romans that will set you on the path to freedom you never thought you'd have. To receive your copy or CD of Cravings, just go to www.liferecovery.com. That's www.liferecovery.com. Hey, that was a pretty cool commercial now, wasn't it? <laughs> Go to liferecovery.com and check out some stuff. Karen and I have done a, uh, a CD on uh, eating for spiritual health. We've got eating to live or living to eat and um, cravings. So, um, hey, we've been kind of on the topic already, but let's ask the question, what's eating at you? What's eating at you? What's eating at your soul? What's bugging you? And how is, what's the connection, Karen, between what's bugging us, maybe emotionally, spiritually, psychologically, and um, and the food we eat or the diseases we're, we're, we're involved with? Well, there's some very specific ones, Margie, that we've been learning through the years and some from very old medicine. What we're talking about is not new age, however it's old age. And with that, when I have someone or a friend that or a family member that's struggling with cancer, I often ask in my mind, what is eating at you? And it can come in different ways. Even different things that are issues, physical issues, can come from emotions. And as you know, it's always a spiritual root. So I would like to just throw a few of those out there. For example, fear really stresses and attacks our kidneys. And the kidneys are the batteries of the body. It's what gives us the energy. The thing that will affect the heart, as you and I have talked about, is unforgiveness or maybe a broken heart. Sometimes we have trouble with our stomach, and the stomach may be we just can't stomach where our life is at or how one of our children, where their life is going, can be an issue. It can be just eating you up inside. When we have issues with the blood, it's a lack of joy in our life. Gallbladder can be jealousy, and then we can look at anger. Anger really affects the liver, and if it's unexpressed, can turn to depression. So even when you were talking about the immune system, you know, what is, what is depressing the immune system? And did you know, Margie, that when the immune system rebuilds and repairs itself is when we're resting? And that's what it's supposed to be doing at night. We're supposed to allow that, but many of us don't get enough rest. We don't go to bed early enough. We use stimulants all day long. We have trouble going to sleep. But that's when the body's going to go to the cellular level and repair. We hear so much about anti-aging these days. It's the number one money maker in the medical field, and there is no anti-aging. Is that a false truth or what? Well, you know, I think people always want to stay young, but 
the best way to stay young is be filled with the Holy Spirit and do what he says and be in agreement with yourself. But going back to sleeping at night, you know, there's a lot of insomnia. People are anxious. They, they stay awake worrying about things that worrying actually is a sin. Most people aren't afraid to commit. They just worry because, you know, they're used to worrying. And if I don't worry enough, it, doesn't mean I, it means I don't love you enough. So I've got to worry about you, which is ridiculous because most of the things we worry about don't happen. But nonetheless, it does wear us out. And ap- apnea, you know, people can't breathe at night. They're, they're, you know, then they buy these little machines or, you know, these noisy machines and they try to sleep. And it's just so artificial in, in their life. You know, when we can't eat properly and sleep properly and breathe properly anymore, I think it's time to put your foot down and say, that's enough. That's enough, devil. I'm not, you know, you're messing too much. And just a little bit about um, good sleep, rest, you know, things like that. I know you mentioned that the sleep aids and, and stuff, but is there any kind of um, herbs or, or bedtime remedies or old-time remedies or things that help people get to sleep? There is, Margie. I remember um, we did go to bed on the farm because we worked hard and we got up early. But I also know in my adult life, sometimes I felt guilty if I actually got six or seven hours or more of sleep. And then I read in the scriptures and it said, and my sleep was sweet unto me, Jeremiah thirty-one twenty-six. When I went through a healing time, Margie, I call it my seven-year healing journey in our time of meeting and meeting with... Uh, Gail with the Blessing House and just all of the interconnections that we all have. And I spent two years in Jeremiah through my healing time and and the verses. Jeremiah and Isaiah and Ezekiel have in the Psalms and Proverbs such wisdom. And in there, in thinking about the sleep and then up from the health part, knowing that it's when we rest and when we sleep that the body's going to repair. And so just even in what I call healthy aging, some of the best remedies is plenty of oxygen, hydrating pure water, the minerals, and getting good sleep and getting in the sunshine. We're talking about common sense things that it's a lot of money, Margie. So here's the thing. Back in the olden days, people went to bed when, they, when it got dark. They got up when it was light because they didn't want to burn too much kerosene, especially out on the prairie. That was so healthy. Nowadays, we have artificial lighting. We have daylight savings time. And if you've noticed, they keep expanding it, expanding it. I mean, now what? It started the beginning of March and it goes through November. So it throws our body off for more than part of the half of the year. So that can throw us off. But here's the thing. One hour before midnight is worth two hours after midnight in the quality of sleep. So if that's true, then two hours before midnight is worth four hours after midnight. So if you can get to bed by 10 o'clock, you just gain four hours of sleep. (laughs) Talk about being efficient. I've really put it to the test because usually as teenagers, we want to stay up late. And I've tried working late and and I sleep. I can sleep six or seven hours and I wake up tired. In the winter, I can go to bed at 8 o'clock. I'll wake up at 2 in the morning with no alarm, totally rested, and I get all this quiet time with God and this work time that I get two days' work done before the sun comes up. And that is when you feel so good, is when you wake up rested, you sleep deeply. And there are reasons Americans are struggling so much with their sleep, which we can talk about. 
Well, I think another word you used was guilt. You felt guilty for sleeping too much or too little or whatever. I think guilt is at the bottom of a whole lot of, of our problems. Because what does guilt say? Give guilt, you know, call guilt a demon or an evil spirit or a tormenting thought or whatever you want to call him. And he's working you over, working you and your soul saying things like, I'm guilty, I'm bad, I'm stupid, I don't deserve, I, I deserve to be punished, I don't deserve good things. If that subconsciously is rolling around in you constantly because you haven't done it right, you haven't done it enough, you still think God might be mad at you, you know, you've not accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, you've been putting that off, don't put that off. That is one thing you can do right now, accept Jesus. Most of you already believe that Jesus Christ came, died on the cross for your sins, rose from the dead, and is seated at the right hand of the Father. Romans, is, Romans 10, 9 and 10 is simple. It says if you confess that, uh, believe that, declare that, then you're saved. And from that point on, the Holy Spirit begins to work in your life. And now it's just a process of following in obedience to what he is telling you to do. You say, well, I lose control of my life. Well, guess what? You didn't have control of your life anyway because you could determine where you were going in the end anyway. You don't have a kingdom. So give up and just let God begin to rest you. Now, going back to Psalms, it says here in Psalm 3, it says, I lay down and slept. I, I lay down and slept. I woke for the Lord sustained me. I will not be afraid of 10,000 people who have set themselves against me all around. In Psalm 4, he says, verse 8, I will both lie down in peace and sleep, for you alone, O Lord, make me to dwell in safety. And I think that, you know, if you're at peace with God, you're at peace with yourself, you're just going to sleep a lot better. And I think it's kind of an oxymoron for people to say, oh, I, I'm trying to get to sleep. I'm, I try to get to sleep. I try to get well. I try to do this. I try to do that. You notice that word trying is not in the Bible. It's such a waste of energy, Margie. Oh. Either do it or you don't. <laughs> well, Jesus never said, okay, I'm leaving here and you're going to have to try to be good or you're going to have to try to heal the sick or what. No, because when you try to sleep, you're actually working at something you need to be just letting go and resting. So again, it, it, you might need to rebuke something. You might just say, you insomnia? Get out of here. No, I'm not listening to you. Shut up. Or worry. You know, God, my kids belong to you. You can take care of them. I need to sleep. They're your problem tonight, you know. And or maybe drinking a little hot milk or reading a little scripture before you go to bed. I like to read Psalms before I go to bed. Most people, they watch a gory movie or a horror show or a nightmare or a stupid sitcom, and then they try to go to sleep. Or the news. Oh, the news. Forget the news. The news is just anxiety-provoking. I mean, what good is it? Really, seriously, just take it out of your routine. Well, Margie, we grew up without TV. Uh, we had it at first <gasps> when I was little. I'm my, my, really deprived. <laughs> and so my dad uh, decided when we were young that we weren't going to have TV anymore, which was a really good thing. We, we did a lot of fun things, and we learned music and had our horses and, and things like that. But here's the thing. Um, with that, it wasn't until I was married and we had a TV and – for one of the first times, I watched the news at night before I went to bed. And it was so negative. It was so gory that the pictures, I just remember, bothered me all night. And I decided that's the last time I'm going to do that. And that was over 30-some years ago. And I think people do that each night and kind of program themselves. But it's so important that we learn how to be still and know that he is God and that he is in control. And even if we are busy and productive, we can still be still within inside of us. But 
here's what happens on the physical level. We overstimulate ourselves. Some people are doing real stimulants like uh, prescription drugs, street drugs. Your body doesn't know the difference, you know, whether it comes with up or that makes it legal or not. And we overstimulate with tea and coffee and sugar as a stimulant. And then we expect our body just to boom, shut off at night, and boom, our brain's supposed to shut off. Whereas if you're giving your body the minerals and you're helping the pH of the body, then everything can be calm. It's not in a fight-or-flight state. Let's talk a little bit more, too, about the patterns of sleep after you give your thoughts. Well, here's, it, these things are not that hard, okay? You know, go to bed earlier. I mean, if it's hard for you, you might have to rearrange your schedule a little bit. Shut off the television, read your Bible, you know, give it to God, love yourself, be at peace with God, accept Jesus, and go to sleep. But seriously, if you did not watch television, are you like just denying or are you deprived of what's going on? How do you know what's going on out in the world, girl? I mean, how do you? Well, my dad will ask me, he'll say, did you hear this or did you hear that? And I say, no, I didn't, Dad. He goes, how do you know the news? Because he'll read the newspaper or something. And, uh, you know, Margie, I guess we have so much good work to do. Not that it isn't good to know some things. If it's big enough, you know what, I'm going to hear about it. I'm going to see it come across the computer. But it's not something that I'm going to control or not something maybe even I can influence. And so I don't want it influencing me. I want my mind to be clear. I want my heart to be clear in what God has for me that day, how I can serve others. And that's that's just where I come from with that situation. So you're really not in denial. You're just really focused. I'm very focused, yeah. And you're not deprived. You're just doing your duties according to the Lord, being a servant. You know, I feel the same way. If the world's ending, I mean, I'll hear about it. You know. <laughs> sure, I won't get I won't get overlooked and missed. So, I mean, other than that, you know, there's some things obviously that we we must be busy about our father's business, whatever that is. Now, back to the sleep cycles. What did you want to say about that? Well, it's just such a pattern, and I've heard it so many thousands of times um, that, and literally thousands of times through the years, of people will say, you know, I can get to sleep, but then I wake up sometime after midnight. Or maybe it's I wake up at 1 or 2 or 3 o'clock, depending on your cycle. And then about the time that I have to get up and go back to work is when I'm really tired and could go back to sleep. And so what happens, Margie, and I think it's very important to know this, is that the liver is the oil filter of the body. It has somewhere between six to 900 functions medically. They're not even sure yet. And it's a very important organ in the body. And so it's filtering the chemicals that come in our body. For example, if we didn't have our liver, one teaspoon of coffee would kill us. I didn't believe that when I heard that 30 years ago. Now I've read it from a doctor and in the research that the liver is that important and it's so overwhelmed with our American lifestyle. So what happens is this isn't an oil filter that you just take it out and change it unless it's very, very extreme. And so how it cleans itself, God has made us so fascinating, is that it self-cleans. And how it self-cleans is it backflushes somewhere between 1 and 5 in the early morning hours, depending on where you live and your schedule. It could be midnight to 4. And also in the afternoon, the same time approximately, whether 1 to 5. 
So you could be having a really good morning, have a lot of energy, you eat some lunch, and boom, the bottom falls out, you get tired, uh, you feel depressed, you have this, it was a blue sky day, it looks gray, how am I ever going to get through all this work? I would pay for a nap. Or you get irritable and crabby, and that's when we reach for that stimulant, that can of Coke, that coffee or donut. Well, then the liver shuts that's off about opposite. 5 o'clock. That's the opposite thing we should be doing. If the liver is already detoxifying, why do you dump a little more poison on it? Once I found out that if I would drink lemon water in the afternoon, it would just I'd breeze through my afternoons. I was young. I had a health food store. I was teaching five aerobic classes a day. And I would have these crashes in the afternoon and think I needed a cup of coffee. And I thought, you know, someday I want to get to the point that I can actually feed my body the minerals it needs rather than the stimulants to get through the day with a lasting energy that sustains me and I don't have these ups and downs. And I was able to do that by giving my body minerals. Now, in the early morning hours, what happens is you wake up, uh, you might have a bad dream or not, and you begin, you have, it's like a broken record. Anything negative that's happened, it goes over and over. You begin to sweat sometimes. Sometimes it's a very productive time of having ideas and creativity. It's a good time to have a pad and pencil by the bed. But you are exhausted by the time morning comes. That is the liver because when it kicks those chemicals into the bloodstream, um, a doctor told me that it's just like maybe LSD or something toxic. It hits the brain and that's what gets that all going. And some people have panic attacks and anxiety. Yeah. A lot of people have panic attacks in the morning. It seems like that's worse in the morning, anxiety, panic. Um, and I think that probably has to do with the toxins that didn't get uh, discharged. And unfortunately, when when we are detoxifying, when our body is doing what it's supposed to be doing and releasing those toxins back into the bloodstream or wherever to, to get them out of the body, I think a lot of times they just kind of circulate around and they don't really get released. And what happens too, Margie, is that when the liver's overtaxed, overloaded, overstressed, it throws it off to the kidneys. And when our kidneys are stressed, that's when the blood pressure goes up. The number one cause of high blood pressure is dehydration and also fear. And anxiety? The, ang- yes, well, the anxiety comes from the fear. And that's where we really need to detox the body with detoxification baths, using herbs and water for detoxifying and then replenishing the minerals for our nervous system. One thing we really need to cover, Margie, is good fats. Good fats. Well, (laughs) I was just thinking for a second, I was back on the detoxifying and the high blood pressure and the detox baths and stuff like that. I was thinking a lot of people really don't know how to take care of their bodies. They just just keep driving them and demanding things of them. They keep their schedules. They're man-fear, people-pleasing, you know, running here, running there, they they don't stop and think that they are not superhuman. And they just, you know, and why are we so driven? I guess it is because of fear and anxiety, because if I don't do it, who will do it? If I don't control it, who will control it? If I don't, the world will fall apart if I don't show up, you know. And we just, that's not rest. That's not trust. That is drivenness. That's deception. And so how do, how do you want to Okay, so going to fats, how does that help? How do fats help anxiety or whatever? Well, here's something really interesting. We are, we're really concerned about fat in this country. You know, we've had these low-fat diets and, and our anxiety has increased and the ADD has increased in the kids because our nervous system needs good fats. 
the joints of the body when we were talking about joint health earlier, because I can't talk about arthritis and that type of thing for the antidotes, but I can talk about the healthy side. The joint health, it needs good oil. I had an Amishman tell me, Karen, it's just like our horse machinery. You know what happens when we don't oil it. It gets rust up and it gets stiff and it'll actually freeze. And he said it's the same in the body. We need the good oils. We need the pure coconut, the pure olive oil, the avocados. If you use fish oil or flax oil, there's so many good oils. And our brain, Margie, is 60% fat. So the brain is the computer. So when they say fathead, they really mean fathead. (laughs) I hadn't thought about that. That's a good thing. (laughs) Well, we could take it that way for sure. And the nervous system is our wiring. And what happens is between the chemicals and the heavy metals that damage the sheathing on the nerves, if we don't have the good essential fatty acids, whether from evening a primrose or black currant oil, some super combination of gamma-linic acids to help rebuild that sheathing, then we're going to be shorting out. Physically, that could show itself as uh, irritation. The, irritation, irritability. Just as you say about worry, it's a lack of calcium. And we always think calcium in the bones, but we need magnesium and calcium for the nervous system also. And so there's these emotions that affect it, but there's also real life daily choices that we're either depleting ourselves. End result can be MS, fibromyalgia, uh, where the connection is not working in the electrical system because it's the nerves that control the muscles. And so that's why we have to look at these things. And sometimes it's the artificial sweeteners that it's causing that damage. However, the body can repair that. We know that from personal experience, and now it's coming out in the Nutrition and Science magazines. Well, I think the biggest issue becomes really what are you worth to yourself? Mm. What are you worth to God? Are you worth uh, health and strength and goodness, or or are you just going to you know, plow your way to an early death? And I think a lot of people these days they get to that place where they're so they're so exhausted. It, it's like a like something that's really insidious. It's like the bad eating habits are so insidious. They the more that you eat the bad foods or you know do the bad behaviors health wise, the less you care about eating good foods. The more you eat the bad food, the less you care about eating the good food because you're wearing yourself out. You're losing your energy. You're losing your ambition or motivation to change. And you're just kind of grinding to a slow halt and an early death. And I think we see that now, even though we have the most advanced medical systems in the earth. You said earlier that we're like 52 in the health. What? The World Health Index. The World Health We have flunked, people. We have flunked. And the reason is because nobody else, your doctor can't make you healthy. Your health comes from within you. It comes from the peace that we have in our souls, our peace with God, with ourselves, and with our neighbor. That's where that comes from. And um, it sounds like I'm preaching again. We better quick change the subject. How about a quick commercial here? Um, do we have another commercial, Des? All right, one more commercial, and then we're going to take you to 9.30 tonight because we got a little late start, so hang in there. we got to eat to live, but some of us live to eat. Fast foods, comfort foods, nuke foods, sweet foods are often used to help us conveniently cope with the pressures and hurts and frustrations of our lives. Because food is so basic to survival, it has become one of the enemy's most targeted areas in our spiritual life as well as our physical life. In reality, our diets are doing us in with physical diseases, obesity, various addictions and food allergies, guilt, 
fear and fad diets have us in a nutritional tailspin. In her CD, Eating to Live or Living to Eat, Marjorie Cole introduces you to God's diet plan and helps us learn to eat our food without guilt and as worship to God. To order your copy, simply go to www.liferecovery.com. Again, the CD is Eating to Live or Living to Eat. Order it today at www.liferecovery.com. Hey, that sounds good. Eating to Live, Living to Eat. We've been talking a lot about food, so now let's talk about some of the healthy ways to be well, the, the positive remedies for some of these situations. Um, where do you want to start, with herbs, with spices? I know you do a little on spices and herbs. And What would you like to talk about, Karen? Oh, Margie, you know that herbs and spices, but herbs are my passion for sure. They're your favorite, huh? <laughs> they sure are. Well, you know, you've got this really cool book here called Herbs Really Work. And it's a compilation of may, I don't know how many herbs have how many herbs have you got in here? I've, uh, Almost six hundred. Whoa, six hundred! And on four sheets of phone, two, three, four, eight sheets of paper, mm-hmm. and it's nice. It looks very attractive. And so I think what we'd like to do is get people uh, connected with this brochure. Herbs really work. And um, you don't have a website yet, do you? I don't, Margie, but we're working on that. Okay, so if the first, let's say, we've got the first 10 people that contact us from this radio show want to call in and ask for this brochure, Herbs Really Work. How much are you charging for this thing? This is free tonight, Margie. Oh, free. Well, the first 10 people get it free. Uh, we might have to charge you just a tad for shipping and handling, but that would probably be like a buck or something, you know. But why don't you give us a preview of what's in here because uh, that will help us know why we want to get this. All right. Well, Herbs have been used for centuries, and herbs are food. They're concentrated food, and they contain the phytonutrients, phytochemicals, antioxidants, fiber, enzymes, vitamins, and minerals, lots of minerals. Many of them are the roots of the plant, and then they also use the leaf and the stem and the flower, depending. And Margie, one of the really cool things is the FDA will allow us to talk about which nutrients support which systems of the body. So in here, we have oh, made... I mean, they're not censoring us in, <laughs> in our herbs discussion? They may be, but this is how we can talk within the guidelines. All right. Well, okay. So there's the nervous system, the immune system, reproductive system, digestive system, respiratory system, glandular system, structural system, circulatory system, urinary system and then of course we have overall nutrition so when we give the body what it needs it can heal itself margie it's not the herbs it's not us that heal it's the herbs can do the repair work and the balance work yeah they they provide the 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 muscle the minerals they provide the balance the chemicals and the right equations and formulas so give me what some herbs do what do you got here would you like to go by the herb, which uh, yeah. is like alfalfa? One of my favorite formulas is called herbal trace minerals because we know we need minerals, right? And many of them are trace. So alfalfa has, I mean, we know we feed it to our animals, our prize horses, our cows for the minerals. And that's very important. Um, dandelion has a lot of minerals. And then kelp. Kelp comes from the cold waters. And so we get minerals from the sea that we don't have in the land. Do you mean my dandelions? They are very organic, by the way, because we don't spray them. What can I do with my dandelions besides 
be upset with them. Tell me. What can you do with them? Yeah. Well, in Europe, they use them for salads and to cook with. They use the root for um, whether they use it for a coffee, a tea. Um, it helps to support a liver health, gallbladder health. It helps to balance blood sugars historically. Well, I remember I was in a health food store, and they had dandelion root, $35 a pound. And I thought, oh, man, I'm a millionaire. <laughs> but, of course, you got to get the dandelions out. I mean, even now, you know, I'll pull them out and we've got these nice long roots, you know, and I'll say, oh, you're a prize dandelion. I think I'll dry you. But then I never get around to really finishing the job. But, you know, I, I think it was for liver that they were good for liver. Mm-hmm. And so um, coffee, too. I mean, you can make it as a tea. Yes, it's really good as a tea and a coffee. And the liver, the gallbladder, the pancreas, that's all a part of the digestive system. And here's the thing, Margie, when one is suffering, if one's under-functioning, the others have to work harder. If one's overworking, the others have glandular system. They're a team. So then there's the leaf and the stem, and they even use the flowers, like in soup, and they use the leaves in salad. Dandelion soup. Now, I can try the dandelion salad thing, and I could put flowers in my dandelions with my, with my arugula and my spinach. Yeah. Wow, that would be very cool. You'd be like a gourmet restaurant. Yeah, and people say, wow. You know, I put hibiscus flowers in my my salad one time and people thought I was really strange but I mean there are some of those things you actually can eat oh yes and flowers God created flowers he colored the color the frequencies to help us both physically and emotionally and God gives us all these answers Margie you know some of the things that we talk about such as coconut and um, good fats and vinegar and all these natural remedies they don't cost much we're talking about things that God has given us to help keep us healthy. So if you could get, you know, four or five of your favorite herbs, and by the way, you can actually grow your own herbs. I am just, I've got, I've got about 600 basil plants. They're all about three centimeters high right now growing in my little, my little greenhouse in my house. But what can you do with 600 basil, basil plants? I have no idea, um, except give them away to your friends. But if you could pick... You know, some things like basil, oregano, I mean, um, peppermint, spearmint, um, thyme. What, which one would you pick and what would you pick it for? Well, for taste, I love the mints. I would go with peppermint or spearmint. I love mint because it wakes up the brain, stimulating in a good way. It helps to, um, it helps the memory um, I love to mix it for health purposes. I would almost always go with nettle, stinging nettle. And many people have it growing for free uh, right in their fields, in their backyard, because it's stinging until you cut it. And it oh, yes. is a stinging nettles. I hear you can actually eat them after you cook them. I would not eat them with raw, oh, though. But once you cut them, they don't sting any longer. Really? Yes. No kidding. Yes, because I've harvested a lot of them. <laughs> okay, well, hold that thought. i got to give you up. Okay, for those of you who want the free brochure, here's the number you need to call. 763-785-4234. 763-785-4234. Call tomorrow, please. Uh, business hours. All right. Okay, back to the nettles. i got to hear this. I've heard of nettle soup. You mean that after you cut them, they don't sting anymore? That's right. Oh, I'm shocked. Because I've always well, avoided... they've, they've lost their lifeline. Oh, yeah. Well, you know we have all kinds of creeping Charlie. Is that a herb? It sure is. And you know what, Margie? Here's the crazy part: 
usually the very thing you need is growing in your yard or around you in your community. And it's usually what people think is a noxious weed. In fact, I would like to give you a story about that. Um, and before I forget, uh, I just got the sign that Life Recovery will be linking to my educational site, Love for Herbs. So oh. it's going to be Love, the number four herb. Love at first sight, right? Yeah, <laughs> there's a good one. Love for Herbs. And that will be .com. And so that will be a total education site with so the things be, we're talking about. That will be me and you together. Yes. Right. And we'll be doing detox, certification, baths, recipes, all of those okay, things. Okay, get back to Creeping Charlie now. Okay. What, what is Creeping Charlie good for? Okay, i got to tell you this story because you guys are actually, you're a big part of this. I've just been learning about that, and you had an all-day herb class here at your house in the summertime, and I had a friend who did pretty much everything natural with his yard and was pretty green about things, but he could not get rid of the Creeping Charlie. He tried everything. His gardener tried to get rid of it. And I was just going to find out because usually whatever you have, you either need it and or you have a lack of a, a mineral in your soil. Why that's growing there, it will tell you what that is. And so I was just going to find out and I stopped by and here was all these dead creeping Charlies in his yard. They had actually sprayed them because they, he was tired of it. And that next day, I came here, it was that day or the next day, maybe I stopped there on the way, um, you had this class, and we learned how to make Creeping Charlie tincture. And what it was good for, the herbalist taught us that day, was that it would help to remove heavy metals from the body, especially lead, and that it was very important for prostate health. Well, this person is an artist and has used lead paints, and he has heavy metal toxicity. And he had just talked to me. He'd just been saying, what can I do for prostate health because I have a higher PSA number than what my doctor wants. And so he had just destroyed the very antidote that he needed. The very medicine. I know that Creeping Charlie also is good for earaches, believe Mm. it or not. The tincture, you kind of make this tincture, and then you put it in your ear and... um, you know, that's interesting. I've got a lot of, you, oh, you drink it. Oh, okay, you drink it. You don't put it in your ear. Okay, whatever. But, you know, the thing is, <laughs> um, uh, you know, a lot of these things, we just kind of, I, by the way, if you need Creeping Charlie, <laughs> call my office. Give me a couple months. We'll have more we'll have bushels of Creeping Charlie and dandelions. Now, what are dandelions? Oh, yeah, we already talked about that. Uh, another herb that, that is really um, popular and it's used as a food a lot is, isn't it? Purslane? Oh, yes. That is when we're learning more and more about. See, some of these, have God's had them around for centuries, and we're just discovering them. You know, it's kind of like the fruit that we eat. You say, well, what fruits do you like? And they say, apples, oranges, and bananas. And Margie, there's 2,000 fruits in the rainforest we haven't even discovered yet. So we're discovering herbs every day. And this one is especially good for uh, inhibiting bacteria. And so it's in more mouthwash, more toothpaste, lotions. It's an excellent herb. We even have it in some of our combinations that you use internally. Well, I have it growing in my garden, and I always called it a weed, but now I try to, you know, when I weed now, I weed more carefully. I let the purslane grow a little bit. So if you need any purslane, you can also get a hold of me. And, you know, it's really good like spinach. If you put it in your salad, it's kind Mm -hmm. of a rubbery little plant, but it's good to eat. 
I like it. There's also one called plantain that's very common to the Midwest. It'll be in the grass, and it's just kind of a flat little pretty leaf. And plantain is excellent for teeth issues and gum issues. And so my mom learned that, and when we began having any of those, you would just pick it and just put it along that tooth or along that gum, and it was very helpful. I hear the same with echinacea, you know, those coneflowers, those purple coneflowers, echinacea, that if you pull out, you know, the, the little brown heads at the end, you pull out, and that, that um, I don't know, you, you suck on that, it'll actually make your tum, tongue go numb. So I think <laughs> it's like a, what, what, what's that for? <laughs> you have to tell the kids about that one. They, they would love that one. I have not heard that story, Margie. Well, I tried it myself. <laughs> but echinacea is good for like, um, they put that in a lot of the um, uh, golden seal echinacea kind of uh, preventatives for um, infections, inflammations, colds and stuff. Well, you can say preventatives. I actually can't use that word because the FDA oh. uh, has taken that away as one of the eight words that we cannot use. However, I can say that it's a good, it helps to avert. It surely does. Uh, Echinacea helps to support the immune system. And I think one of the most valuable things uh, that I have learned about it is that when you have a situation where your white cell count is low, it actually helps to raise the white cell count, which can be an issue for some people. Hey, you know, I got an idea. If you're um, kind of proactive, you should go to Rummy Sales and get some of those old books like Back to Eden, and, you know, those old uh, feeding your kids right, stuff like that that they don't print anymore. You know, they're probably getting rid of on rummy sales. Or print out a couple, you know, sometimes you can go online and get these um, these books that tell you how to make medicines out of weeds and stuff like that. Might be a good idea in the coming days. It sounds like a very good idea. I find so many good health books at Rummages and at the Goodwill. And that way I can buy them for people to study and to be able to, I love prescription for nutritional healing. It's like the A to Z Bible in the nutritional world. You can look up the problem A to Z and they break it down for you both on the, that he's a medical doctor and she's a nutritionist. So you get the story and then you can see what is the most important, what's next important. Margie, I teach herbalists in Montana and in one of our classes of late, one of the herbs we've been studying is comfrey. Now, the FDA has taken away comfrey root from us as far as using it internally, but we can still use it externally. It works so well. However, we can use the comfrey leaf. And in looking it up in the historical, it's known as bone knitter or knit bone. And the old timers actually used it for broken bones. How do they do that? Well, they would make a poultice out of it. Sometimes they maybe didn't have a doctor available. And just recently, one of the herbalists learned about that, and she learned about the benefits of egg white. And her daughter had hurt her knee severely and was in pain, and they couldn't get it to go where it needed to go. She was working with the physical therapist. So she she took the egg white and blended in comfrey leaf powder and myrrh, which myrrh is... um, frankincense, gold, and myrrh. Mm-hmm. It is also another uh, very healthy herb for supporting the immune system. And she blended those together and, and helped her daughter paint that on her leg and her knee and her ankle. Within 10 to 15 minutes, the pain began to relieve. And as she repainted that on, because egg white will dry very quickly, she actually heard noises in her ankle and felt it in her knee. 
And the next day when she went to the physical therapist, it adjusted very quickly and easily. So the mom was so excited. And that's just the fun of using God's remedies and his his recipes. I can see it right now, a new branch of sports medicine. Here we come. (laughs) (laughs) All those little kids getting sprains and hurts and bumps and bruises. We could just, and I hear yarrow is really good for wounds. Uh, Well, warriors, there's a lot of yarrow where warriors grow, where warriors live, yarrow grows. And that's supposed to be really good for wounds and bruises. And these old timers, I mean, you know, these are gifts from God, medicine, like you said, for the healing of the nation. I just think, we, you know, we're just tapped into the very surface of this kind of thing. And even our conversation, Margie, we've touched, touched a lot of topics tonight. And it is, it's just kind of skimming the surface to give people hope and encouragement. Yes, we've got some cold, hard facts. And yes, sometimes it sounds negative. We just got to start from a very real place to know where we are, where the health of the nation's at. And we personally can turn it around for ourselves, our children, our grandchildren. And as we know, families live by example, by what we tell them to do. Mm-hmm. So whether your family believes in it or disagrees with it or not, it's wonderful to do together as a family. But move ahead. Make good choices for yourself. And before long, you're going to have followers following you. Well, I'd like to give the listeners a couple of options here. We have a couple of email addresses that we'd like to give you so that you can, you know, send us your questions or comments. Um, Karen, why don't you go first? What's your email address? Of course, mine is love, the number four herbs, plural, love for herbs at AOL.com. Okay. And mine is M Cole, C-O-L-E at liferecovery.com. We'd love to hear your, your comments, questions, and, you know, um, I really would like to have you on pretty often, Karen. I mean, I know you live in Montana and you float back and forth, but we do have telephones, so we could do that. But, I, you know, I, I, I want to do kind of a little wrap-up now. We've said so many things tonight, kind of overwhelm people or maybe gave, give them some ideas of things to do. I want to just kind of, you know, you go ahead and think of what you're going to say. I'd like to go back to some of the things that you can do. Okay, you want to read that? Go ahead. Sure. I guess that in closing, Marjorie, this is what I think about is the Bible verse from Philippians 4, verse 8. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things, learned and received. We can learn, Margie, but if we receiving with our hearts, not just our ears, but our hearts, and heard and seen in me, do, D-O, action word, do, and the God of peace shall be with you. And if the God of peace is with us, then all is well. It is well with my soul. And I really think the body is a reflection of the condition of the soul, and the soul is a reflection of the condition of the spirit. And as we yield to the spirit of God, everything will come back into harmony. So a couple of, you know, fast thoughts. Um, I would say the first thing I did on my journey back to health and, and, you know, to um, get back to using God's medicine and not, taking the king's medicine, um, it was to get rid of my microwave. I mean, that's a one-time deal. You don't have to do that every day. You just do it once, and it's done. And, and um, don't give it to your friend, and don't give it to your kids. Just get rid of it. 
Uh, so that was one thing. Then I went to doing the minerals. I do the liquid minerals and the liquid chlorophyll. Then I got into some good vitamins. Um, and then I started to do some smoothies, you know, things in the morning, um, with my vitamins and um, the coconut water. Uh, and then I started shopping the edges of the grocery store. We didn't go down the middle. I don't buy any, seriously. I mean, I do not buy prepackaged, prepared junk. I just don't do it. Um, I don't eat everything organic, but we do a lot of our own food. We grow food, herbs and stuff. So, I mean, I took it to the extreme, but if you just pick one or two things, maybe you want to focus on your sleep at night. You know, maybe you want to focus on getting back your um, your uh, ability to breathe or to uh, to, you know, be able to walk again without pain. Whatever focus you want, I would say there is a way to begin on that issue, that topic. So, Karen, go ahead. Well, I think one of the main things these days, Margie, is that people are afraid and anxious and panicky. Right. And so what you're talking about is the best steps to start with, to start calming things down along with taking that time with God every day, getting to know him, how he loves you, and that you're loved. You are so loved and you are so valuable, and God has a purpose for your life, and he wants you to be well so that you can go out and help others. Yeah, and I think reading the Word of God, like you mentioned earlier in the show, reading the Word of God balances your pH, worshiping God, praying, listening to good music, holy, um, holy being Holy Spirit-led, just resting in God, avoiding the news, um, giving your time and thoughts to the Lord is really the key, the beginning keys, and, and then the Lord will lead you. Um, going back to the simple basics of obeying, eating the food he's given us, and eating his word, which is food for our souls. So um, anything else, Karen, as we kind of wrap this up? we just got two minutes left. Well, as an individual or a couple or as a family, it's very important to shop that outside of the grocery store, buy greens, eat lots of greens, and get a green powder. I love Green Zone. And start having meals together. Sit down. Have I mean, that's buying the food. That's preparing it, and that's sitting down and enjoying it. Learn about each other. That's what relationships are about, Margie, is us getting to know God. He already knows us, and now for us to know each other, that is very valuable, and just put the technology away and spend time with each other. Yeah, it's just doing the right thing and feeling good about it. By the, by the way, tomorrow night, which is Wednesday, April 2nd, um, for those of you in the cities in Minneapolis area, uh, Karen is going to be in Crystal at our office and for the address just check our website liferecovery.com check out the products that we've offered you tonight and uh, they are really extremely good helpful and um, tomorrow night what's your topic going to be Karen? Oh we're going to talk about once again living healthy God's way and we will talk specifically about the minerals the deficiencies and how to fill them in food Awesome. Well, uh, I think that's it for tonight, folks. We really love you guys. Thanks for calling in. Thanks for listening. And uh, tell your friends, Rescue Radio, every Tuesday night from 7 to 9. Uh, God bless you and good night. Because there's a war for your soul.